0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. This reading by Graham Redman. Reginald short stories by Saki. Reginald on besetting sins, the woman who told the truth. There was once, said Reginald, a woman who told the truth not all at once, of course, but the habit grew upon her gradually, like lichen on an apparently healthy tree. She had no children, otherwise it might have been different. It began with little things, for no particular reason, except that her life was a rather empty one, and it is so easy to slip into the habit of telling the truth in little matters. And then it became difficult to draw the line at more important things— until at last she took to telling the truth about her age. She said she was forty-two and five months. By that time, you see, she was voracious even to months. It may have been pleasing to the angels, but her elder sister was not gratified. On the woman's birthday, instead of the opera tickets which she had hoped for, her sister gave her a view of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is not quite the same thing. The revenge of an elder sister may be long in coming, but, like a southeastern express, it arrives in its own good time. The friends of the woman tried to dissuade her from overindulgence in the practice, but she said she was wedded to the truth, whereupon it was remarked that it was scarcely logical to be so much together in public. No really provident woman lunches regularly with her husband if she wishes to burst upon him as a revelation at dinner. He must have time to forget. An afternoon is not enough. And after a while her friends began to thin out in patches. Her passion for the truth was not compatible with a large visiting list. For instance, she told Miriam Klopstock exactly how she looked at the Ilex's ball. Certainly Miriam had asked for her candid opinion, but the woman prayed in church every Sunday for peace in our time, and it was not consistent. It was unfortunate every one agreed that she had no family. With a child or two in the house there is an unconscious check upon too free an indulgence in the truth. Children are given us to discourage our better emotions.' That is why the stage, with all its efforts, can never be as artificial as life. Even in an Ibsen drama one must reveal to the audience things that one would suppress before the children or servants. Fate may have ordained the truth-telling from the commencement and should justly bear some of the blame, but in having no children the woman was guilty, at least, of contributory negligence. Little by little she felt she was becoming a slave to what had once been merely an idle propensity, and one day she knew. Every woman tells ninety per cent of the truth to her dressmaker. The other ten per cent is the irreducible minimum of deception beyond which no self-respecting client trespasses. Madame Draga's establishment was a meeting-ground for naked truths and overdressed fictions, and it was here, the woman felt, that she might make a final effort to recall the artless mendacity of past days. Madame herself was in an inspiring mood, with the air of a sphinx who knew all things and preferred to forget most of them. As a war minister she might have been celebrated, but she was content to be merely rich." If I take it in here, and— at uh, Miss Howard, one moment, if you please—and there, and round like this, so, I really think you will find it quite easy. The woman hesitated. It seemed to require such a small effort to simply acquiesce in madame's views. But habit had become too strong. I am afraid, she faltered— it's just the least little bit in the world, too. And by that least little bit, she measured the deeps and eternities of her thraldom to fact. Madame was not best pleased at being contradicted on a professional matter, and when Madame lost her temper, you usually found it afterwards in the bill. And at last the dreadful thing came, as the woman had foreseen all along that it must. It was one of those paltry little truths with which she harried her waking hours. On a raw Wednesday morning, in a few ill-chosen words, she told the cook that she drank. She remembered the scene afterwards as vividly as though it had been painted in her mind by Abbey. The cook was a good cook, as cooks go, and as cooks go she went— Miriam Klopstock came to lunch the next day. Women and elephants never forget an injury. End of Reginald on Besetting Sins by Sarky